All right, all right, all right. As I let you know yesterday, which was the 13th of May, which makes today May 14th, I told you that I'd have like a couple, two or three podcasts back to back since I'm going to be on the road. Uh, I was on the road yesterday delivering a kid, uh, you know, because of my uh, my work for work. I wasn't delivering them, so like Domino's or something like that. But I was uh, I was uh, um, taking him to his new place, and I'll get into that here in a little bit. But this is the King of Useless Information podcast. I'm your host, Dan Higgins. On the road, or maybe I'm the host of Willie Nelson because I'm on the road again. But uh, I am your host, um, and you can reach me a couple different ways. You can reach me uh, via. Uh, hold on, just a second here. You can reach me. You know, I got to merge in some traffic here, so please hold. Some holding music here as I'm merging into traffic, and the one lane traffic is I'm entering. The great state of Tennessee. And we'll also be talking about that, but once again, you can reach me on Twitter, King of UInfo006. And you can email me at uh, King of Useless Info. Try again, English this time. King of Useless Information at gmail.com. So, where do I begin? Um, I'm on the road. I probably won't post this podcast until later this evening till I get to my destination, but I've just crossed into the Tennessee border. I'm on my way. I'm on my way to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I don't know if that's going to show up in the podcast because I have a, uh, a my app on. For, uh, I'm just going to let it go. And if you hear hazard report, hazard reported ahead, then you know that I'm uh, listening to my Waze app and there's a hazard coming up. So, and if you don't hear it, well, bonus, bonai, as you like to say. So I just entered into Tennessee. I've been on the road since after 7 o'clock this morning. Um, and I am going to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, uh, which is the home of Dolly World. <laughs> That's not why I'm going there. Um, I'm going to pay a surprise visit to my mother, who I haven't seen in uh, uh, quite a few years. She doesn't know about it yet. Um, no. There's only uh, two or three people that know, four, two or three people that know, I don't know, three, two, three, four, something along those lines. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, kind of, let's, let's talk about how this all started. Okay. So, so yesterday I am taking a, one of my work kids, I work in a residential place for kids and I'm taking him to his new home where he's going to, to, to live, um, and why is that? Because the place that I'm working at is having having some licensing issues, and uh, as of right now, all of the kids that were in our care are being placed with other residential facilities or placed back at home or whatever whatever's appropriate, whatever the their workers and the state and everything deem appropriate. That's uh, that's where they're going to go. So, uh, you know, we were at uh, 21 kids. You're not going to get over, are you? Are you going to get over? Well, once you get over, last chance. There's a horse. Hello, oh, cow. I'm sorry, not a horse. Cow. 
you're not going to get over this. This is on my, my tail. I'm, I'm just going to give you play-by-play of any driving uh, any driving hazards that I have. So, and then, uh, but uh, all right, I passed this person. Fantastic. And now I'm on the road. So I, I took him to a new place. Uh, we're losing our kids, uh, which means uh, uh, no kids. Even though they're trying to stay open and trying to uh, keep eight kids, I don't know if they're going to be able to or not or what they're going to do. But I couldn't wait around to for them to figure that out. I'm too old to uh, wait around for them to figure that out. I have told them from uh, time after time. I don't think they, I hope they're not offended. And they are. It's not something I haven't said to them. It's like, hey, you know what? I need a job. I'm not like you guys, I'm not 30, I'm not 35, I'm 57 years old, and I was expecting this to be my, you know, last job, or at least the last job in childcare before I retired, and that's not going to be the case, so fortunately, I've, uh, you know, made friends, or, or have acquaintances, or relationships, it's networking for us, okay, that's not good. Come on, car. I don't know what that did, but hopefully it's just a pickup. I was a little hesitant taking my car. I'll get into that later, too. Yeah, we're just jumping all over the place today. So, And I hope I'm not going to try not to be in my loud, whiny voice, too. So I think yesterday, if I listened to the pocket, because I was all super excited. I had all sorts of things to talk about. I got all sorts of things to talk about today. And once again, the car is acting funny. So please do not act funny. because I'm going up a hill, so we're going to go with it, so, all right, so, so, I said, hey, you know, I can't, you know, I can't, uh, I can't be, you know, I need a job, so through relationships, through, you know, networking, whatever you want to call it, uh, I connected with a former co-worker who is, uh, who is, uh, left for another program, and she seems to be you know, fairly important in this program. And I said, hey, you know, I think the ranch is closing. If, if it isn't closing, they're certainly going to need somebody. Uh, I mean, they're not going to need me. Um, and I need a job. Is there anything for me to do there, you know? And, um, you know, and I met with you. And she said, well, let me get to it. I met with the human resources people. And, and uh, well, and the other thing is, it's not that I make a, a ton of money. I don't, but uh, I, I make more than minimum wage, which I would certainly hope so for someone that's been in the business for almost 28 years of residential child care, then it's like, hey, you know, I mean, can you, you know, I, I'll have to stick it out if I can't get paid, at least close to, to what I'm making, and and uh, through some uh, negotiation, uh, there's really much negotiating, uh, you know, they're able to match up my skill set to a position, and it's close to what I'm making. Well, not right now, but it's close enough. I'm not going to, I can always make money. I mean, you know, uh, like, I like other people have a side job, not right now, because we can't officiate anything because there are no sports. And uh, um, I don't know if we got into that yesterday. I think we did get in a little bit yesterday. I might touch on it again today about what sports is going to look like uh, going forward. So, 
least in the high school level, which is where I officiate. So, you know, I, I can make money. You know, I can, as long as there's sports, I, I mean, I have a full football schedule next year. You know, that's going to, you know, certainly close the gap of, of what I'm, you know, the, the couple sets of hour that, I, that I'm losing out on. Plus, I mean, you know, I have a job. I mean, I mean, it's a difference between making 50 cents less an hour, which is still, you know, that's a thousand dollars over a thousand dollars less than what I was making. And, but it'd be a lot different than, uh, making zero which would be <laughs> exponentially less money than what I was making so I was fortunate enough to get hired and I start in a couple weeks so about a week and a half and um, so so part of the thing is that I have some leave time and yes I'm gonna be able to cash it out it's not a great deal but it is some but I wanted to use some. I mean, only for the simple fact is that it's, it's when you're closing out a program, and this is the second one I went through. Um, but not, I mean, the first one was not closing out completely. But the kids we were caring for were no longer going to be there. It's just be different kids. So that was the first time. And now, you know, there's a good possibility that the ranch is going to be empty. So and then, and then what? I don't know what they're going to do. So, so. Um, but it, it's really depressing. It's not a happy time. Because, I mean, first of all, I'm going through my stuff, you know, whatever emotions I'm going through. And I'm not, like I said, first of all, I'm not really happy, even though I've told myself on the drive down here. It's like, well, you know, I got to stop being mad. You know, maybe I'm just going through the seven stages of grief, or the 12 stages of grief, or the, I think it's seven, seven, 12, between seven and 12, whatever the number is. That's what I'm going through. Number one is anger. That's probably what I'm going through. But you know what? I'm so driving down. I said, man, really, I am tired of being angry. I am just tired of being angry. This is what, I mean, I have another job. You know, it's not my fault the place is closed. I did my job, you know, and, you know, I want the best for the people that I work with that I care about and then the people that I don't care about. it is what it is I mean I can spew hateful crap I could uh, you know and I've done that it's like you know I I wish they would have listened to me six months ago a year ago whatever you know a lot of events took place can't get into it here bore you to tears if I did It's, it's, it's too bad it's just it's too bad because you know bottom line is couple things one 21 kids lost their home where they live and the thing about this is that yeah most to all of them did not want to be there you know because they were placed there you know but you know but that's where they live you know regardless of where it is and what the circumstances are it it is you know essentially home to them and for some, it had been many years, and some had been just a couple months, but it's, it's hard for them. It is really hard, and it's really hard to watch them leave. And it was hard the first time in my first job, not my first job, but the earlier job with the program folks, is to watch those kids leave. And, 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 and in that job, I had better, I had connections with the parents and, and relationships with the parents and the to, to know that they had to go find another place for their kids. It's just, oh, it's, it's sad. It's, 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 
it's it's an emotional roller coaster that it's just hard to ride on. It's just it is. It's terrible to ride on. Nobody. I mean, I didn't think going to work there almost three years ago that I'd be leaving there. I would have liked to work there until I was, you know, maybe another five years. Until I was, you know, maybe too old to do it. And it really wasn't that strenuous. I think I got it done until, you know, I set to retire. Or at least got close to retirement age and then find another job that I want to work at until I'm 67 or whatever. And I guess, I mean, it's, my life is, I don't know, I hate to think of it like this, but it's in the rearview mirror. You know, but I have to think forward, so... But it's really tough. Tough for those kids. And then, on top of that, it's tough for the folks that work there. All right? So, for me, you know, one, I'm lucky. Well, it's luck. A little lucky, you know? I found something. You know, there's some luck involved. There's also some skill involved, you know? I was able to state what I can do and what I've done in the past and what I'm capable of doing. And another organization has found those skills you know, beneficial to the organization. So I'm, I'm flattered. You know, it's nice to be because, you know, it's nice to be appreciated. And, you know, sometimes it just wasn't appreciated in, in both of my last two jobs. I stayed in one job for almost 25 years. And, you know, and when I left, I didn't feel appreciated. You know, everybody thought they knew more than me. It's not like I want to know more. It's not like it was a quiz or something, but there was some things that, you know, there were some things that were going on that, you know, I could have helped with or ask me my opinion or whatever, or at least let me give my opinion. And just, you know, everybody wants to be respected. You know, everybody wants to be respected. I mean, I totally understand that everything that, and I, and I had this discussion with a, with a therapist out at where I work now. I said, you know what? I don't win every argument that I have. I don't win every disagreement I have in a team meeting face to face with staff. I realize that, you know, I've walked out of many meetings, disappointed, disappointed, discouraged, you know, bothered, upset, whatever. I've walked out of meetings like that. And you know what? It's my job to get over it. It's our job to just get over it. You know, no one's gonna, no one's gonna counsel me on getting over it. It's just like, hey, you know what? Just, you know, we'll see how it works out. Hopefully it works out for the best. If it doesn't work out for the best, I guess I can stand there and say I told you so. Um, that really doesn't give me a lot of satisfaction. It doesn't make the situation any better. But, hey, you know, I guess at my age I look at things a little differently than I used to, you know, when I was 27, I guess. But you know, with age comes wisdom. And maybe, you know, who knows? And then my coworkers, oh my gosh, the first job. Okay, so the first, the first time when I was working at the other place, you know, I, I had an office. You know, I was doing family work, and uh, I shared an office with the other, with the people that did the same thing that I did. So three or four of those people, and uh, also the therapist. And you know, there's, so there's eight or ten of us in the same room in cubicles and. People don't know their futures. Some people got hired because what happened was we could, you know, we could stay at the same place we worked, and that's what I ended up doing. Except it was a different position, but you know, but you had to reapply for your job, so nobody knew if they were getting a job. So here it was, you know, you know, three years ago, actually six years ago, right? Yeah, six years. It was 2014, in the fall of 2014. Here, you know, here it is. 
you know, I'm sitting in the office and we got to place our kids and do that work. And, and I'm looking around and the staff that are crying and they're upset and they're, they don't know what's going to happen to them. They've got families, they've got lives, they've got husbands, wives, children. You know, back at that time, six years ago, my kids were in high school, but I mean, they were close to college. And I, I didn't get hired right away. It was a clerical thing, I guess. That's what they tell me. Because I got called in the office and they go, hey, why didn't you apply for this job? I said, I did apply for that job. You know, it's not really the job I wanted, but, you know, hey, a job's a job. And at that time, a job was a job. So, yeah, so, well, okay. So, well, all right. We're considering you for that job, then. So great. That's you know that's what I want. That's one of the three jobs that I applied for. So please do consider me for that job. And I got hired, and 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 it's probably about three of the most miserable years of my life. You know, going back to doing what I used to do. You know, with a bunch of people that thought they knew everything. You know, it was boring, boring. So now this job, you know, you know it's fairly felt like I was fairly important, you know, I, you know, I think the problems that they had were, were solvable, um, I wish, you know, they would have let me help them solve it, by placing me in a different position, and listening to what I had to say, and maybe taking a look at some things differently, because I have some experience, and it's like, you know, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, I believe that it says, is the quote, and it's like, man, I just want to, you know, I don't want to see things fail. I just don't want to see things fail. And it's failing. And it failed. And it's sad. And and once again, you know, the kids, you know, we took a kid to a different placement last week or a week and a half ago in the last five miles of the drive. Oh, my gosh. I felt for the kid just so anxious. Oh, it's like it was the end. It's like, you know, I'm guessing it's... You know, what it feels like when you're, you know, when you're on death row, it's a drastic example, and I've never been on death row, but, you know, I guess if you see it in the movies and you're sitting on death row and, and uh, you know, you see your your buddy there, your co-death rower, and he's, uh, he's in, he's headed to the, he's headed to his last, uh, he's headed to his last uh, minutes or hours, and you watch him walk past. And then you know that you're next. And that's kind of like what it was. It's like this last five miles, it's like it was kind of surreal. And then it was, uh, then it was, uh, oh crap, this is happening to me. And I'm going to a new place. And it's not going to be Mr. Dana, you know, telling me what to do. And, And as much as I hated Mr. Dana telling me what to do and trying to help me when I didn't really want it, you know. Uh, you know, I, 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 the known is better than the unknown. You know, so at least he knew what he was getting into instead of what he didn't know he was getting into. And then, you know, the coworkers. I mean, I mean, the good news is, I guess, from what I'm hearing, is that um, because of the, the COVID-19 pandemic, as we all know, because we're all going through it. We spoke about that yesterday. A lot about that. Um, it's just that, you know, they, they're, I mean, I think they're going to have a position until June, 
maybe, even if there's no kids there, they're, they're going to try to retrain them, so, and, and hopes to get more kids, you know, and open back up, which is cool, I hope that's what happens, especially for the people that want to stay, one of my co-workers I work with every day, she does a great job, she wants to stay, um, she wants to do the work, and that's fantastic, and I hope it works out for her, and, you know, and then there's this payday, you know, this payday loan that they took out, you know, from the pandemic from the government, and, you know, the, they let people go, they're going to end up, uh, if they let people go, they're going to end up paying that money back for whatever they don't use, and they don't really want to do that, so, so, you know, hopefully people can stay on, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like know if they do close down the unemployment is going to be like it was when the pandemic just hit um i i know when the pandemic hit as an official as a high school sports official we were told to file for unemployment and and unemployment in michigan is 362 dollars a week and that's not really a lot of money unfortunately but on top of that the federal government or the state government or some government was putting 600 dollars on top of that that's $962 for, for a week. That's good money. That's more than I make. But that doesn't sound like that's going to be available because we're not clo- closed because of the, the pandemic. One and two, back to my officiating thing, is that I didn't qualify for unemployment because I still had a full-time job even though I lost, you know, potentially, you know, $3,000 plus by high school school high school's closing, therefore there's no high school sports, therefore there's no officiating, yada, 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 so, yeah, so that's where we're all at with that, you know, so I know that people cannot live on $362 a week, and Lord knows how long that will take for them to get that $362 a week, and there's people that, you know, nobody wants to see them lose their job, I mean, I I mean, even the people that I'm not big fans of, and that's code for disliking, <laughs> I think you can read that, so I'm not a big fan of them, I don't want them to lose their job. I don't wish for them to lose employment. Now, I might wish for them to lose the job that they have because they're not doing their job, but I, I do not wish them to lose a job. You know, I want them to have jobs. I'm, I'm not that mean. At least I don't think I'm that so, all right, so long story longer. All right, so I'm using up some leave time, and I'm driving down to see my mom there. Haven't seen her in years. Should be a big surprise. Um, we'll see how it goes. A little afraid of traveling. Uh, didn't know what to expect. You know, all this COVID-19, shelter in place, da 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 But, I mean, you know, I, I feel like this is important uh, to do this. This is the time I've got job I won't have as much leave time as I have at this job so it just seemed like a natural break in the action to do this and uh, um, my mom is not young by any stretch of the imagination so it just, just seemed like a good idea unfortunately I'm by myself I'm by myself because uh, one uh, my wife hurt her back so she wasn't up to traveling which is fine it's a long travel I'm right now at about 500 miles in one day so that doesn't really bother me oldest son I think he's doing some graphic design work or whatever nerd stuff he does on his computer 
and the youngest son, he is just got hired at a national retail chain, uh, national retail uh, home improvement chain that rhymes with schmoes. And uh, sounds like not only they were going to hire him in at one wage, and they hired him in at a higher rate wage. So, so bonus for him. I'm afraid he's been working his butt off all summer, uh, but that's what he likes. He likes to do that stuff. I'm happy for him. I'm happy for you know everyone that has a job in this day and age because those are few and far between. Um, so let me talk a little bit about my travels here. And I think I'm going to do another podcast tomorrow and let everybody know how this all turned out, in case you care. But uh, I, so there's I, I two observations on my travels here down the road, uh, most of it down I-75 uh, through Ohio, half of Ohio, down I-75 about halfway through Ohio, and then uh, Kentucky and then uh, a little bit of Tennessee. And uh, two things. One, they are not running out of super big hospitals. I mean, holy smokes, I have passed uh, a 10, and that might be a low number, of hospitals, of like brand spanking new mega campus hospitals. I think the first one was in Fort Wayne, Indiana. A couple, three in Ohio, four more in Kentucky. Holy smoke. And the thing about it is, is that if you you pay attention to the news, they're not doing real well. Hospitals are doing real well because they're all set for this uh, global pandemic. And what it's turned out to be is not, I mean, a pandemic of sorts. And, but also a, uh, um, but you know, anything, no elective surgery. So the things that hospitals make money on, gone. You know, people being laid off, nurses, doctors, I don't know about doctors, but nurses and uh, hospital employees. It's like, holy smokes. You know, all these brand new hospitals. Are, I mean, they can't be more than five or ten years old the most. They're super huge and sprawling. And they've got orthopedic departments and cancer departments, children's hospitals and it's like, oh my goodness, it's it's amazing. I I I hope that this ends soon. I think some of the states are are loosening up their restrictions. I unfortunately do not live in one of them. They're somewhat loosened up, but I believe our governor, um, if I read everything correctly, is I don't know. Seems a little vindictive. You know, there's uh, there was supposed to be a demonstration today at the state capitol. That doesn't seem to make her very happy, and when she doesn't get happy, she's going to extend, she's going to extend the stay shelter in place order, and that's not going to make other people happy. And there's going to be court rulings. I'm probably going to get home, get to the hotel tonight. I'll be reading about some of those uh, things. The, the barber in Owasso, Michigan. Um, I know he was given, uh, he was his license was suspended. I read that this morning. And uh, there's going to be a court hearing over that, I'm sure. And uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, what's today? Today's the 14th. We got until the 28th, I think. 28th until she's going to reassess this. And uh, uh, I don't know. Not, not feeling good about this. I mean, 
think the world's gotten better. I think the curve's flattened. I think it's just the best that's going to be able to be done. Uh, but uh, I'm, she thinks she knows otherwise. I don't dare speak out much more than that. I guess I can sure know who's going to listen to this. But man, yeah, not, not a, not a, I just want everything to, everything. I'm like everybody else. I want everything to go back to close to the way it is. Let the life world get to where it needs to be. But fat chance of that happening. Okay, I'm getting over there, Mr. Chevy Truck, in my rearview mirror. Sorry. And then, last but not least, no trip down I-75 would be complete without road construction. Yay! Go road construction. Especially in major cities. So if I was... So... If I was to keep going, and I'm not going to keep going, believe me, I get to, I'm done. In fact, let me look and see how, how much longer I got here. Turn, I believe the turnoff's coming soon. So, um, yeah, so uh, um, 22 miles until this turnoff happens. So, okay, so, yeah, so hazard reported ahead. All right, so. 22 miles to turn off. So I'm sure if I went down to Atlanta, Atlanta would be tore up on I-75. It's like, it's like, they'll, they'll do some construction and then they'll get it done and they'll do more construction. It's like they, they go north to south and by the time they get to the south part, they come back to north and do north to south. And it just seems like continuous, perpetual construction. Woo! So, Today's continuous perpetual construction is now we have, oh, it's Trucks 55, good, I've got a truck, so, and there is police report ahead. Okay, so, Waze is a wonderful thing. So, today's big city construction was beautiful Cincinnati, home of the Cincinnati Reds and the Browns, the Bengals, dummy. The Bengals got to see a glimpse of Paul Brown Stadium sits on the river, but north of town, I-75 tore up to the hills. Oh, just and then and then there was a lot of road construction in Kentucky, but that wasn't that wasn't city construction. That was rural construction. So um, you know, through the mountains, with building new lanes and uh, just it's just construction. You know, the joke in Michigan is that there's two seasons, there's winter and there's road construction. That seems to be the way it is in most, most states. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's got to be every big city. It's got some, it's always a major interchange. I think the, the one in uh, Cincinnati was uh, the interchange of uh, I-75 and maybe I-71, 74. 71 that goes to Indianapolis or 74. It's one of two. It was 70 something. 170. I know that was 70 something. And uh, there might have been construction in Dayton, another uh, larger city, not a big booming city, but uh, home of uh, John Green. <laughs> so, yeah, so there's your, king of, there's your king of useless information Information there. Um, it was yesterday's uh, punter for the uh, uh, 1972 Miami Dolphins, Larry Seipel. Haven't looked that up, but I encourage you to do so. Uh, John Groom is from, I don't know if he's from Dayton, Ohio, but he did, I think he's from Sandusky, actually. But he, he, went to, he went to college in Dayton, he went to University of Dayton. So 
So, uh, all right. So I've rambled on, kind of let you know what's going on. And I'll uh, probably follow up tomorrow, let you know how this all turned out. I'm almost to Knoxville. And I'm going to head east and uh, head to Pigeon Forge. And uh, and uh, we'll uh, see how this all goes over. But uh, once again, this is... Thank you for listening to the King of Useless Information podcast. I am your host, uh, Dana Higgins, and uh, you can reach me once again via Twitter at King of U Info 006, or you can reach me by email, and that's King of Useless Information at gmail.com. So, for everyone in this car, which is nobody but me, um, look forward to the next time we talk and thank you for listening and have a wonderful day.